And the pitch swung on and hit in the air to deep left center. It is high. It is far. It has got a walk-off home run to win the game. A judgy and blast. A one-out. Bottom of the ninth. Home run by Judge to win the ball game. one nothing. All rise. Here comes the Judge. Rising prices costing families an extra $493 a month, with the soaring cost of housing hitting many especially hard. This has been very stressful overall because everything's going up, but my paycheck is not going up. Asia Mabry, a public school employee and single mom in Louisville, Kentucky, forced to downsize when her rent rose more than $350 last month to $1,229. I am now in a one-bedroom, and I am seeing more than I was with the two-bedroom. Tonight, 75%. The vast majority of Democrats, three out of four, don't want Biden to be their nominee in 2024. That is according to a new CNN poll. Out front now, David Axelrod, former senior advisor to President Obama. David, I, I heard that and sort of stopped in my tracks for a second. Three-quarters of Democrats don't want the incumbent president to run again. Uh, how worried should Biden be right now about that? Well, I mean, obviously, this is a this is a very unhappy uh, bit of data for him. And I'm sure, it, you know, it is concerning. That's up 5000 for. Oh, my gosh. Boy, not only was I wrong, down nine tenths of one percent on first look at second quarter GDP, down nine tenths of one percent. OK, I know there's an organization that decides whether we're in a recession or not, but investors, they're not going to wait. Two back to back negative quarters. It's not good. Call it whatever you want. Well, a recession is two quarters in a row of negative growth. I don't think we're going to have that. Two negative quarters of GDP growth is not uh, the technical definition of recession. It's not the definition that economists have traditionally uh, relied on. I mean, it's hard when you're in a circumstance like this where the inflation rate is high. In a way, it doesn't matter what you say. Um, there's going to be a big argument about the what's the definition of recession. But it's going to be it back in the spirit of the if you're explaining, you're losing. If you're fighting about whether it was or was not a recession in the first quarter of this year and looking backward, it's not going to be a comfortable place for the administration. That doesn't sound like a recession to me. Thank you very much. I don't think during a time of recession you mess with any of the taxes or increase any taxes. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom. It was the age of foolishness. It was the epoch of belief. It was the epoch of incredulity. It was the season of light. It was the season of darkness. It was the spring of hope. It was the winter of despair. Welcome back to the Unregulated Podcast. This is episode number 94 here on Friday morning, July 29th, heading into the dog days of summer. I am your co-host, Tom Pyle. And I'm your co-hostess, Mike McKenna. Welcome back to the studio, Mike. It's been a couple weeks. Yeah, man. It's we had a, weird. a couple undisclosed uh, recordings in some undisclosed locations. That shows your age right there. <laughs> <laughs> secure undisclosed locations. I'm not sure how secure they were. All right. I have two quick announcements. Let's They're have a little them. bit cryptic, good. but I'm going to say them anyway. I like them. I would like to thank my mother and father-in-law for all of the help that they have uh, provided us uh, over the past few weeks. It I'm sorry, your mother and father-in-law or your mother-in-law mother -in -law and father-in-law? Father father okay. I, I there we go, those. just checking. And then I also would like to thank a friend, and he knows who he is, for what he did for the Pyle family two weeks ago and what he's about to do for us on Monday. So thank you very much. How about you? Any announcements? Um, yeah, you should be wary of Greeks pairing gifts. There we go. We'll go with that. Fair enough. Okay. Um, By the way, I found out today that, not today, I found out earlier this week that, did you know that Joe Manchin's a sibling? No. Yeah. Really? Yeah. A friend of mine actually had a, had a meeting with him. He he was calling it. He had he had a Zoom call from the Amalfi Coast. Manchin's like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm Sicilian, so that's great. And I was like, 
that answers that explains <laughs> well, a that's going to be the, the the primary subject of our <laughs> practically our entire podcast today. So uh, I didn't know he was one of us. One of me. One of me. One of me. He was in the in the squad. I come from an island where people tell Monday, the truth Wednesday, and go to Thursday, church. Thursday, Tuesday, Saturday, <laughs> Friday. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This day in history. Uh, July 29th. I skipped the really depressing one, which was uh, Hitler ascended uh, control of the Nazi party. Okay. Uh, what year? Oh, gosh. 29, I think it was. No, no. Oh, yeah, sure. The, but then yeah, there was lots of time Hitler, between I mean, then what's, and the I mean, Depression. What's, what, what, what's, the, what's the one I'm getting? 1909. Uh, it's very obscure, but it's yeah, car-related. It's car-related. Yes. It's the, the introduction of the Stanley Steamer. No. Uh, in 1909, General Motors purchased Cadillac. Oh yeah, which was an independent motor company sure. started by Ford. Uh, he's he started several, but then a bunch of them went belly up, and some dude took it over, and created a luxury vehicle and and practically had the market on luxury vehicles about twenty five hundred cars Cadillacs in the first year of production. Also, uh, the first electric starter was a Cadillac. Wow, as well. And it turns out I didn't realize this, but GM essentially just was just buying companies. Like, they, yeah. they didn't start out with really much. No, that's how they wound up with yeah. their name, too, General Motors, right? Because right. they bought, you know, Pontiac and Cadillac. Buick, Oldsmobile and was a separate company, Oldsmobile, so they yeah. gobbled them up just like old J.D. Rockefeller back in the day, I guess. So, anyway, uh, since Mary Barra bet the farm on EV, she's going to be a very happy lady pretty soon. Well, in all fairness, I mean, uh, you know, the Biden guys gave them, what, $2.5 billion to work on batteries with... Uh, I forget who their partner was. I mean, all I could think of is, sure, I'm sure GM needs two and a half billion right. of my dollars. Of my money. Yeah, my Your money, ladies and gentlemen. It, it, it's, Remember, when we talk about this today, every single penny that your government is giving to large corporations is your money. I was going to say, government doesn't have any money, gang. Can't be any That's simpler right. than that. Government doesn't have and any as money. As old Milton Friedman reminded us, the only person who creates a risk... A recession, or I'm sorry, the only person, the only entity that creates inflation is government. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyhow, we'll in, um, in the in the little compilation today, we heard from Brian Deese, who said that the definition of, of a recession is not the definition of a recession. Uh, in that clip, he also said emphatically when he was an advisor to Senator Clinton that the definition of a recession is exactly what he said is not any longer the definition of a recession. And, of course, Senator Manchin said that there should be no tax increases whatsoever during a recession. Yeah, I imagine we're going to play that clip a lot in the next week And or it so. was the best of times and the worst of times. <laughs> you, you know, well, real quick on the White House, right? Were you going to talk about recession for 10 seconds? You got no, no, else? Uh, before we get into the, yeah. into the mess that has been uh, created yeah. or, or foisted upon us, the uh, in 1958, NASA was created. Yeah, as a response to the Ruskies launching of Sputnik. Yeah, and there were two very famous weddings uh, on this day. In 1981, one in 1981, uh, Princess Diana and, and our uh, good favorite colleague Prince Charles. Yeah. The guy who burns wine and cheese in his car and his Aston Martin. Now, I remember very distinctly watching this watching this wedding. It 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 was fascinating. I thought because you ABC, were among seventy four million who watched. It, it, okay, so in the United States. So part of it was the part part of it was the fairy tale thing. The other part that was interesting, ABC did a bit, and I've wondered about this for years and years and years. What was that? That was forty one years ago now. Um, ABC did a bit on it. At Nightline, where they went to the, like the one of the chapels in Las Vegas, and they just interviewed couples who were getting married, and they they counterpointed um, they counterpointed what was happening in London with what was happening in Las Vegas, and wondered, you know, the the guy who ran it, I forget who it was, said, hey, you know, I wonder which of these couples is going to be happy and which is going to survive and which is going to not and which is going to have tough times and and. 
I've thought about that over the years. I've thought, I wonder what happened to those guys in Vegas, right? Yeah, they should do a follow up on that. Because we know what happened to the to the to the couple, the main couple of the day, right? It wasn't a particularly yeah. happy. Separated in ninety two, divorced in ninety six, yeah, and just, one year later she died in that tragic car accident. Yeah, just it was just it was an unhappy experience from day one, right? And and I there's just no telling how the world's going to work out, right? The other famous wedding occurred in 2000 when uh, I think it was Bradifer. I don't know what they they merged it together. You know, they, sorry, Brad they Pitt married. Yes, Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston married, and that lasted what six by Hollywood standards quite a long time five years. I was guess that was a five year now. wedding. So good for uh, him or her. All right, let's get into it. Um, The Tale of Two Cities. Uh, Two weeks ago, a friend of ours, Jim, asked us why we didn't devote an entire podcast to celebrating the defeat, the death of reconciliation. Sure, man. Uh, To which I responded, I think we've covered this quite a bit. Uh, And uh, so now today, here we are. It's it's the reason why we didn't celebrate it is (laughs) is because... um, you know they weren't they weren't going to give up on this it the the environmental community is is an important an important component of the democratic coalition they're not just going to give up on right, it right, right. they want well, let, let's set it up first real quick i'm sure that everyone who listens probably knows what's going I on i don't know maybe they don't but okay so so in washington dc senator mcconnell who's the leader of the republicans in the senate said no chips if you continue to discuss reconciliation, and reconciliation is this monster bill that can be passed by special Senate rules uh, by 51 votes as opposed to the, the, the necessary 60. It's supposed to be designed to uh, allow the Senate to uh, over, overcome or bypass the filibuster for purposes of narrowly targeted budget adjust, yeah. adjustments to the budget of the yeah. United it's, States. It's supposed, to be, it's supposed to be numbers, not policy. That's right. Um, which doesn't quite meet uh, as as the Biden administration uh, no longer uh, abides by the definition of a recession. Uh, they called this the largest, most significant piece of legislation in history. Uh, and so that doesn't really comport yeah. with the notion of a narrowly targeted yeah. adjustment to I, the budget. But hey, what am I? Who am I? I don't know. Anyway, which do you want to talk about? You want to talk right. about the? You want to talk about? Let's set it up with chips plus. Uh, I don't. Okay, go ahead. Real quick. Sure. Senate seventeen Republicans. Seventeen Republicans joined with all but a few hardline Democrats. Just one. Just one. Just one. Bernie. Bernie Sanders voted against it. To give uh. Uh, billions and billions of dollars to large corporations who are seventy five billion. Seventy five billion was the final total going to the semiconductor guys, um, and uh, then two hundred billion going to various bureaucracies and the National Science Foundation, places like that. And universities, the, right? Universities essentially, and 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 federal government bureaucracies. Republicans handed hand delivered that bill with the thought. With, so Manchin said, "I'm not doing anything other than the health stuff in reconciliation." And apparently that was good enough for for uh, Senator McConnell to back off of his threat to impact the chips bill, the silicon, uh, the, the chips giveaway. And literally 24 hours after the bill passed. Not even 24, is that night? That night, Manchin and Schumer announced a mega deal. Yeah, man. A mega deal, which will give... The Greens and the environmentalists and the renewable energy industry, $329 billion. 69. It's 369 Thank you. Billions, billion dollars of your taxpayer money for, yeah. I have a list of 19 pages yeah, it's way worth too of much. subsidies, it's way too much. changes, uh, walk-around money, literally justice grants in the tune of $3 billion to any organization that the Democrats feel worthy um, this is literally a, a, taking it from your wallet and handing it to their their constituencies yeah. out in 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 mostly cities. Um, huge changes to the wind and renewable tax credits, all kinds of biodiesel and biofuel credits, and and the uh, I, apparently this was all okay with Mansion because he got. The advanced manufacturing, manufacturing production tax credit. Tax credit. Yeah, that's what he really wanted. Um, 
It's um, we'll put a, a we'll put in the show notes. We'll put a link to uh, an analysis piece by an outfit called Washington. Analysis. Yeah, it's the best it's summary. Pretty good. It's, it's a good. It's a good summary. You know, doubt about it. It'll um, put you to sleep, but it's yeah, still I, good. I read it all. I actually read the text. I, I set up read the text a couple of the legislative text a couple of nights ago. Um, it, it's two things. One is you know historic, historic, historic. Yeah, maybe I don't know. It's about. $35, $37 billion a year over, in ten, over 10 years in the budget window, right? You got to think the second a Republican Congress shows up with a Republican president, this is all going to get clawed back and stopped and, you know, that kind of thing. The thing about reconciliation is... You can reconciliation it back to where it say, was, you, right? you, it, it gives and it, it, it's a sword. It giveth and it taketh away. Um, that's thing one. Thing two is... Um, it's a it's a bit of I don't want to say treachery on the part of Senator Manchin, but it's a pretty it's a bit of treachery on the part of Senator Manchin. Oh, a bit. Uh, if yes. I was if I was Senator McConnell, I would feel ill used and um, probably annoyed at myself for not having been more careful. Um, it is a breathtakingly astonishing example of how persistent and how much better. The Democrats are at this game. Yeah, sure. Well, in all fairness, I mean, well, look, once I found out the mansion was a Sicilian, it, it, it made a lot more <laughs> hey, sense. Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. You can't, you can't, there's no, there's, there's no, there's, 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 there's no that. permanent deals with those guys. No, um, you should have said he's a Democrat from West Virginia. He's a Sicilian. Right? Forget the rest that's, of that. That's, that's the, the rest of it's all, the, the, the politics tell. is downhill of culture. That's the guy who shot a, a hole in the cap and trade legislation so, yeah, he's, during his he, re-election. You know, he's, first off, he's a bit of a, he's a bit of a problem child. A couple of things about Manchin you got to remember. Um, he's up in 2024, right? Unlikely he's going to run for Senate, but he may, or he may run for governor. Um, everyone thinks he's great, big, giant, bulletproof in the state of West Virginia. He won his last race with 49% of the vote. Mm-hmm. Um, Pat Morrissey is going to rub him out wherever he tries to go, I think. Um, and this sort of cements it, right? And I, I, I'm assuming that we're going to get a I'm not going to run again in, in 2023, right? We're going to get I'm not going to run again announcement. So that's Mansion. The um, the other part about this this thing is it's getting paid for by um, two fundamental things, right? One is federal price controls on drug pricing. Yes. Yeah, so right? we're going to now the government's going to be involved directly in manipulating the price yeah. of prescription drugs. Yeah. Not to be overlooked. I know we're an energy focused organization, but that is another huge huge in, encroachment of the federal government in the economy. The green stuff, sorry, I'm going to digress real quick because it's in my head. The green, I'm reading through the summary. The green stuff is an unbelievable amount of micromanagement. Oh, yeah. Of man, of the manufacturing processes in this it's country. It's an industrial policy is what it is. I mean, I mean it, down it, to like grand, very granular yeah. levels, right? Like this is this should be disturbing to everybody that the United States government, federal government, is in essence now a business partner with these guys, with these companies. Yeah, that's right. And and you know and 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 Manchin seems to want it that way. And you know the Democrats, they just want the money, right? If if, if the Democrats want the money, the politicians want the money, the companies want the money. The policy guys want control over industrial policy, so it's a it's a it's a marriage made in heaven. Um, the other thing about this that um, two other things are worth noting about this we're thinking about right. The other pay for on this thing is the uh, global minimum tax, right? Fifteen percent of fifteen um, percent of revenue above a billion dollars, right? For companies to make more than a billion dollars, if they're paying no tax, they would have to pay a 50, it's essentially an alternative minimum tax for companies, right? 15%. Okay. The guys who get nicked by that and the guys who are supposed to get nicked by it, the way the Europeans developed this tax was the American tech companies, right? Facebook, Amazon, Google, those guys, right? Um, We're about to have a real world experiment over the next 45 days. Over which is the more important Democratic constituency, the environmental movement or the tech guys? And I don't know who's going to win that, but somebody's going to lose that, right? Because right now, the environmental guys, they're probably at a high watermark. They got $370 billion sitting in this bill. They really suffered no, there's no downside for them, right? But for the tech guys, 
this this pay for is going to wind up being a lot of money over time. So that's thing one to watch, right? This this great epic struggle between these two these two groups. It's going to happen, like I said, in the next forty five days. Um, the pharma guys are going to push back on federal price controls. They should have been pushing back all along. They, I don't know where they've been for the last year. So the other thing that struck me is our friends at the Rhodium Group, who are um, who are uh, Hillary, who, who are to to one extent or another Democratic refugees. <laughs> right. I mean, I bet if I say it that did, way, weren't they the ones who did the uh, were involved in the dossier? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you no, know. no. Well, maybe I don't know. Um, Anyway, oh the, no no no! That's the this is the energy side. It's the energy yeah, guys. Yeah, energy yeah. So guy. so the right, Rhodium right. Group put out an analysis yesterday that indicated that um, essentially the net net on this thing would be anywhere from zero additional tons of reduction of um, greenhouse gases to about five hundred million tons of reduction of greenhouse gases. Now my math is pretty shaky, um, but. If you think we're spending three hundred seventy billion dollars and we're going to reduce it by five, we're going to reduce our greenhouse gas emissions above what we would have otherwise by five hundred million tons. Your price per ton of reduction is about seven thousand bucks. That 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 works out in government terms. That's right? insane because that's insane. Even even the top end estimate that you've seen about social cost of carbon is about one hundred fifty bucks a ton. Bucks, right. It, so anytime so, anybody tells you how historic this thing is, just say, hey, what's your cost per ton? Because <laughs> there's got to be cheaper ways to so, do this. So you're saying that throw money at it. I'm saying that this is really, – I'm know. saying that for only a small number of people, is this about climate change? For most of the rest of the people, it's about robbing the bank. Yeah. and what I'm saying. And, and okay, this is – Because there's speak. lots of cheaper ways to do, to do climate change. They're calling this a deficit reduction program. Is mine inflation inflation like, reduction like uh, 1984? Well, right? that's the other thing about this thing you got to be careful about. That I, I there's 80 billion dollars in there, basically double the size of the IRS, right? Um, now, I'll, I don't want to go through the budget process, but let me just tell you about 125 billion of the number, you know, the anticipated revenue is going to come from increased IRS enforcement. That doesn't score, gang. Congressional Budget Office assumes that you're already enforcing the law. I know that's a crazy assumption at this late date in the Republic, but that's what they assume. So that's fiction. The federal price controls on drugs assumes $258 billion. That's probably a good number across 10 years. But then they only expand the Obamacare subsidies for three years. So that's kind of a little funky number in there, too. Um, it, it's... it's um, this whole thing is a little bit shaky. And, and you know, the interesting thing is we talked about this before we went on, right? Senator Cinema, Senator Kelly, Peters, Tester, Cortez Masto, Hassan. Um, they, there's been a lot of even – I don't even – I assume Senator Warnock said something nice about it. But there's been a lot of quiet. I, I get the feeling these guys are, are running through the same question I've been running through for a long time, and that is who raises – taxes 30 days from voters well, in a cycle in uh, a recession what i who does Manchin that? said he would never do that I, I, it's why it's not a recession part of me thinks it's not a recession mike oh brother let's come have, on let's, brian d said it joe biden said it didn't sound like a recession to him Okay, I mean, come on. Let's, <laughs> let's just all wise up here and listen to our benevol benevolent leader and understand that things are cooking along really nicely in this economy. You know the funny thing about unemployment's down. Everyone's got a bunch of money in the bank. They can. By the way, I want to point out. I want to point out that we are still, still employing a million and a half fewer people than we were in in 2019. Still, we're still under under the employment we were in 2019. So, um, the other thing. A technical thing, a a a operative to operative con uh, um, comment. The way to ensure that we're all talking about a recession is to argue over whether it's a recession. Yeah, Goldsby was right. It's the dumbest thing I've ever right. seen. It these guys, they're just. Oh, it's not a recession. Okay, it doesn't matter. That's how people feel. Oh, it, it's you know. So the Wall Street Journal had a good editorial yesterday where they said 
basically that the Schumer Mansion tax and subsidy pact is what we just described. Is new taxes and price controls paying for their green corporate welfare. Yep. So they have they have basically bought off their constituency, right? With these billion it's it's billions of dollars, three hundred and twenty nine billion dollars. Is it gonna be way more than that? Yeah, ultimately. You, you, this well, is not like unless it's clawed back and all that. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. you know how this goes. The 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 numbers aren't like the real. Numbers, the numbers are imaginary. Yeah. Right? And and we're going down this road. Um, and once you develop these constituencies, even Republicans who like to call, you know, who like to claim that they're against this stuff, when they actually take control, don't do anything. They don't do anything. I want to point out that this is a vitiation of the 2015 deal we had to phase out the wind and solar PTC and ITC. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, I realize the Republicans are not going to care about that, but they actually had a deal. They were lied to. They were lied to. Oh, they were lied. We American Energy Alliance did a, a piece about this very subject, and we'll put it in the show notes. It's called 20 Quotes for 30 Years of False Hopes. <laughs> <laughs> the This thing was always supposed to be, quote, unquote, temporary just to get the wind guys off the ground. 1992, baby. Right? And every year... They say, "Well, we can. We're low cost. We're the lowest cost alternative. We don't need any of this stuff anymore. We're 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 competing, and yet every time we threaten to cut it off, they cry. Well, if you get rid of this thing, you're going to destroy the industry. Well, that you know, I mean, that the whole the whole optic of this thing is ridiculous, right? We need if you need 370 billion dollars of federal government money to do something, it's probably not a good idea." It, you well, know, this is it, the world I mean, we live in now, right? It is. It's corporatism. It's it's a state. It's it, you know what the realignment of the parties can't happen is fast good enough. because it shines a bright light. For years and years and years, the Democrats, you know, used to run rail down on the floor that you know the Republicans are the party of big business and corporations and blah 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 blah. Right? Yeah, they are. In fact, the party of big business and corporations. No, and corporations, I, I think, are a hell of a lot more comfortable now in the Democratic Party sure. well, I mean, than just, they would have been. Just think about the chips bill, right? The chips thing. Um, all the Democrats in the Senate voted for it. All the Democrats in the House voted for it. Most of the Republicans voted against it, right, as giveaways. And Bernie Sanders was right. Bernie Sanders went down into the well of the floor um, yesterday and said, hey, I've been coming up here talking about stuff like expanding Medicaid, Medicare, and making community college free and all that kind of stuff for years and years and years. And every time I bring it up, everybody tells me it's too expensive. We can't do it. Yeah. He said, but the second like some rich, well-connected industry shows up and says, hey, man, I'm going to need $75 billion. Yeah, that all of a sudden we have that money. Right. And you know what? I, I – I've always admired Senator Sanders because I thought he just laid it out there. I disagree with him on a bunch of stuff, but he's right about this. You know, if 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 we can give three hundred billion dollars to chips and to universities and bureaucracies for stuff that we can't even explain, and if we can give the green guys three hundred seventy billion dollars, there's other stuff we should probably be prioritizing. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, if, if the federal government, if somebody said to me. Last week, hey, next week the federal government's going to give away six hundred seventy billion dollars. I'd have a much different list than the one we just coughed up. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and and I don't know how I feel about um, being aligned with Senator Sanders, but at least I'm not aligned with the other guys. Yeah. So 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 sh- stunning, stunning development. We went from everyone us, you know. I've all. I'm not saying I said, I told you so. I've always, as you know, you I've have, always you been have very skeptical you have, of you Joe Manchin. You have been. You have I been. said there will always be a turn, right? Yes. You have. You have always said there that. Will always be a turn with you this guy. You are correct. You are correct. And you know, it's funny. The first thing when I read it, when I read it, I was like, oh damn. <laughs> <laughs> all I can think of is Powell's right. <laughs> Now I'm sad that I was right, but it's not over yet, right? It's it's largely over, but let's game it out, right? The progressives 
have to vote on the chips bill in the House still, right? The big giveaway for the subsidies. No, that went. That went. That when went yesterday. Yesterday? Yeah, what? and they all voted for it. So they voted for it. Why? Because they didn't have any other choice because this is the closest they're going to get to the mother load. And they dangled it out there. I have no idea why the progressives voted for the chips thing. I'd have voted against it if I was. They a, voted if, for it because they want to vote for this thing. Yeah. I mean, they could have. Voted I, for I this can't thing. imagine any of them are upset with this. No, no, no. They're going to be in favor of it. The question is, like I said, the question is, is can the tech guys peel anybody off? And here's my question. Would we have been better off with an earlier version of this? This thing? No. Because of this is all taxes and subsidies, so we can claw it yeah, back yeah, as opposed yeah, to like yeah, legislative. That's right. You know, that's right. That's whatnot. right. And you know, when you look at the when you look at the cost per ton, it's it's um, what it tells you is is that um, there's just a lot of uh, there's a lot of stuff in there that has nothing to do with anything, right? It's just a, it's a it's a giveaway, right? Okay. You know, it it, it like we could construct I could construct a much better and more efficient climate bill that you know would come in at 150 bucks a ton and do stuff again 300 we talked about 550 billion we could have just had the dod you want to build nuclear plants on on defense facilities that's right and it would have gotten a lot more carbon reduction that's right well the other thing is you know we're gonna have we're gonna have 500 you know we're gonna have 500 you know million tons reduction but this isn't about six or seven years of course none of this is of course not this is a political payoff the the the, period end of story the environment look i've been thinking about this for for a number of months now you know the bottom line is the environmental community has become has been reduced to is how i want to say this has been reduced to being the foot soldiers of the wind and solar and electric vehicle industries they 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 now just are the grassroots for those guys they're nothing else they they refuse to look at any evidence that wind and solar and EVs and batteries are bad for the environment. They just refuse to look at it. Why? Because they're they're now essentially PR firms getting paid yeah, for the getting right. paid by these guys. Absolutely. So it it Yeah, I mean there was a time when they cared about like other stuff, right? But of course. it all merged and morphed into this big, you know, climate regime, right? They well, used to care about like Bears and when was trees. the last? I was gonna say when was the last time you heard anybody talk about endangered species? Right, right. When was the last time you heard anybody talk about hazardous waste? They're not gonna talk about any of that stuff because right. it's counter narrative. It's now. also a very lucrative uh, industry for them. It's now, a right? it's a our, it's our, a great care. I was a, a clean clean energy quote unquote lobbyist is probably like it's a great racket. Yeah, and that's what it a is. It's houses, a, beach house, that kind of thing. It's a great racket, but it's a racket. Don't confuse yourself. Right. So um, here's how here's how this probably the best chance the Republicans have is is that they can't get it done before the August recess because then these guys all have to go home and they have to hear it for a little while and maybe one or the two of the Democrats will be like mm, I don't think I'm going to be able to get reelected if this thing passes yeah. and then they have to decide what if they want to take one for the team I however uh, I don't see it not passing at this point I. I let me rephrase. That's a double negative. I I see it passing, eventually. I, something's going to pass. The only question is what's in it. Yeah. What's in it? And and and, you know, the problem is if you're if you're um if you're a Democrat trying to do this, you got to do it next week, um, in the Senate, right? Because if you wait, if it doesn't go through until the, after recess, you're on a really short string, and you're giving the tech guys a chance to come out with yeah. you know a couple hundred Guns million dollars worth of ad. Right, yeah, yeah. Right. Now and and, now, the, and if you lose the if you lose the pay fors, if you lose the global minimum tax, and you lose any part of your drug pricing stuff, um, and you lose the carried interest, and CBO tells you that IRS enforcement ain't going to score, well then all of a sudden instead of having seven hundred fifty billion dollars, and you know you're going to spend. 400 on the green stuff and 350 on debt reduction you have maybe 200 billion dollars and you're like okay some of this stuff has to come out but then they have to gonna have to haggle over all of that so maybe it doesn't have but i i just don't see a scenario where now that they've gotten this framework they're not going to get something over the finish line the only thing the republicans can hope for and a wise man uh, suggested this to me is that the republicans run on this uh, you know, they they do nothing but run on this and run on the fact that we're in a recession and your your lives are not going to get any easier with this big, massive spending. Um, and then promise, promise that they will claw it back 
when they if if they were uh, given uh, the opportunity to lead this nation in the in the United States Congress by the voters. However, I, yeah, I, I, I'm completely and and yeah, utterly. Um, uh, I just don't. I have you're, no faith. I have no faith. We're going to put you down. We're going to put you down as skeptical that such a thing will happen. Yeah, let's go ahead and let's do it that way. And make it. Yeah, make I'm going uh, to have to. I'm going to have to throw in with you on that one. Yeah, I'm. I'm you know, Republicans are terrified, generally speaking, of um, of environmental stuff, and they don't want to. They don't want to lock up on any of this. And again, and I'm a I'm whipping this dead horse. This goes back to complete and total breakdown of the legislative process yeah man yeah and, I, and the dysfunction of the united states congress is having ripple effects across every single person listening and hopefully uh we'll we'll, we'll grow our audience but you're all gonna you are gonna get affected and your kids are gonna get affected by this. Yeah, I, I think this is horrible what's going on in this town. I've been in this town for thirty years. It keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And at some point at yeah. some point is a tipping point. Well, I actually I've been thinking about this too. I know I know what I wanna do. I wanna I wanna um the right answer is the only way to restore regular order is if there's some kind of an agreement, a movement, or whatever among um, members of Congress that they're going to vote against anything that hasn't gone through regular order, no matter which side it's on. Yeah, and, just like and there has to be this. To what is now. the name of that silly group? Problem solvers. The pro yeah, they, yeah, the, the, right. The like that's the, we said this in an early episode, probably in the fifties. The, the best and most important thing they can do is what you just said. Yeah, just vote, is vote no. against everything that is just, not regular just, order. Just look, we're going to vote against every rule. And shut it down. Right, we're going to vote against every rule for every bill in the Senate. I'm never going to vote for cloture for anything that didn't go through regular order. And until these guys do that, they're going to keep eating stuff like chips and like this reconciliation. Okay, well, we'll it's to be continued. No, God, we'll we're give gonna you talk guys about an update for... next next podcast, next episode. We're gonna live. We're gonna live with this for at least forty five more days. Uh, all right. So you know, obviously, this is gonna be a, a theoretically, it's gonna change sort of the dynamics out there in the in the field. Um, what do we have? What do you, what is your sense of sort of the the Cook general? Report election outlook here for the for the midterms yeah, where the, are we on some individual races in some states yeah the cook to uh, the cook the cook report dropped the um dropped their estimate of net republican pickups from 20 to 35 down to 15 to 30 right so they just move the whole um shift change down five seats you know the nrcc when you get them privately you're talking more like 18 seats um, which actually makes me feel better about the world um i was a little bit wrong about reconciliation. I figured Mansion had gone away. I made a mistake there. Although I still think it's going to be yeah. well, that's smaller than smaller than it is. That's so. a strong statement yeah. for you, sir. Thank you. Um, the um, but I've been saying, you know, I've been saying all along. You know, this not this is this concept. We're going to pick up sixty seats. It's nonsense, right? Thirties are top end, sure, I think. Sure. Right? We'll, we'll Republicans will pick up twenty five or thirty seats. That's that. Um, that's one. I want to talk about Arizona because we were asked. Yeah, let me say this though too. And part yeah. of the reason is is because this generic ballot has not moved, as you yeah, have man. said, week after week after week. It's roughly parity, right? Yeah, numbers. And then numbers the money, are numbers. There's, it's basically a wash on the money side of this too. That's right. Yeah. There's so a, they're there's both so much have money. more money to spend than they could possibly That's right. spend. That's right. Your money's money's washing around. All right. Well, individual races. Let's start with Arizona. Let's break down the state, uh, the Senate race a little bit. Yeah, the Senate race, uh, you know, we're really it's primary, right? Uh, see who's going to take on Mark Kelly. It, there's four or five guys in it, but really it's come down to two guys. Jim Lamon, right, who's a businessman, I think a former state senator, current state senator. I'm not sure what Jim is. Um, and then uh, Blake Masters, right, um, uh, you know, is a finance guy and worked for Peter Thiel and the whole bit. Um, you know, Blake's had an advantage. Um, Jim Lamon has thrown a bunch of money uh, into his own campaign. It started to run some pretty aggressive ads. Um, it's a toss-up. Arizona is kind of a weird state, just in the just under the best of circumstances. Arizona is a. Weird <laughs> I think it's state. just really hot there, and like 
Yeah, man. Melts people's brain yeah, synapses it's ex- a little bit. Like, just, just, <laughs> like yeah, Goldwater and McCain. It's like, a, there's just been weird. Like, it's a guy who It's wrote... like that Tennessee seat. Yes. It's like there's a Tennessee seat that's always like the country gentleman, right? It's like, come on, the state's really conservative, but you, you, you bring us, a country. Let us have somebody. Um, the, um, yeah, Smith Hempstone. Hempstone? Kempstone? Hempstone. Uh, used to write for the Washington Times. He was the Africa correspondent. And he, when people asked him about South Africa, he would always say, um, the white tribe in South Africa had gone insane in the sun. Um, and I think about that sometimes in Arizona, right? It's just, you guys have gone crazy out in the sun. Um, I don't know how that story's going to turn out. I think Blake Master's going to win the nomination and probably win, probably beat Mark Kelly. Um, you think so? We're going to see it in a couple of weeks, right? We're yeah. li- we live in a couple of weeks. Um, it, it the governor's race, right? The two ladies running, right? Uh, Karen Taylor and um, Carrie Lake, right? Carrie Lake's the Trump person. Carrie Taylor's the Pence yeah. person. Yeah, this is a microcosm uh, yeah. of, the, of the battle going on yeah. at the national level. It, 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 you know, it's the Russians and the Americans, right? right? Where there's <laughs> right. all these proxy wars. <laughs> I. I don't know who's going to win at the governor's. You know, the, the polling is kind of erratic, so it's kind of hard to guess. If you put a gun to my head, I think Lake probably has an advantage right now, but I'm not sure. The only thing I know is, you know, everyone's like, ah, oh, Doug Ducey should have, like, you know, gotten injected into, this, into the Senate race, the current governor. I was just like, you know, no current person is going to survive in Arizona. Yeah. That's just not going to happen because the, the – Questions about the 2020 election, fair or foul, true or untrue, have basically polluted the yeah. the water there, right? Right. So, right. well, in part by design, right? The, the Democrats' yes. playbook is is to like try to prop up the extreme quote That's unquote yeah, elements well, of the MAGA, ultra MAGA. I mean, ultra. You know, that doesn't help. You know, I mean, it. it, it truthfully, Trump world is split on this Senate race, right? It's a you know. Even even Trump world is split on the Senate race, and I think there's a bunch of people in Trump world who look at Miss Lake and think, "Hmm, she she may be, you know, they can't decide whether she's either not crazy enough or too crazy." Right, it's, right. It's, she sort of straddles that line. It's because you know so. she started off as a never Trumper and like migrated into the always Trumper camp. So you're never sure about folks like that. Yeah. Um, either way, it's a mess. Yeah, it is. A, it is. And, and a the mess good news is, the good news is, voters are going to come. They're going to tell us who they want, and then we're going to know. It's also a mess in Georgia. It's actually pretty clean in Georgia. Oh, what do you mean, Herschel Walker? Yeah, it's a little bit of a mess in Georgia. I mean, I don't know if he, if it. I guess all of the allegations. Uh, I guess the question is, is what do they have? Right. Like you, uh, if, if there's anything more to any elements of abuse, not of that I know sort. of. Right. I mean, the thing about it is, is that, you know, the Reverend Warnock has the same problems. Right. So, right. You got to be careful getting in this thing. It, I mean, it's pretty simple. Kemp's governor, the governor is up by five in his race or six, yeah. you know, six, five, six, seven. Right. Um, it looks like Mr. Walker's down by two or three. Yeah. You know, I, so I think that Georgia needs to, this cycle, if the governor wins, then if, if this, once this election is over, I'm hoping that like Trump sort of backs away from his fixation with Georgia and Georgia starts to return to a fairly reliable Republican situation. Yeah. I mean, it really, it really depends on candidate recruitment, right? Sure. Our candidate recruitment, not been good in Georgia. Right. Not been good in Georgia. I mean, you know, the the last three, the last three people to run for Senate in Georgia have not done a good job. How about if I say it that way? Yeah. Okay. Uh, more election stuff, or should we talk about your Washington Times column with our partner, the Washington Times? What did I, what did, tell me what I wrote about, and then I'll see if I want to talk more about elections. No, I want you to bring it up for me. What was your last column? Because honestly, I've been a little bit slammed. I so have I to didn't be honest see it. with you. I, I file so many. All right. Columns. Well, tell me what you filed more recently that we can. I filed a, a column on of. Tiffany Smiley. That'll run uh, post up probably Saturday or Sunday. Um, I think it's really good. Um, 
She's the um, underdog out there in the state of Washington. Um, hugely impressive, right? Nurse, mom of three. Um, husband was an infantry officer in Iraq and got wounded in 2005 and lost his eyesight. Um, you know, she was involved in veterans reforms, veterans fair reforms, and kind of segued into the race here. Um, she's going to be somebody. I don't know if she's going to be a senator from the state of Washington. I hope she is, but um, she's going she's going to be somebody in the that next. Could be the race that changes the majority. She's going to be somebody in the next. If she's not that, she'll be somebody in the next it's Republican administration. State. It's a tough state. Um, it, it's a tough state. Um, the um, the column I wrote uh, right before that that's posted up now is about um, that voters given given the votes on chips. Um, voters are probably within their rights to have some reservations about just handing the keys to the Republicans. Um, that was not a universally well-received column. <laughs> <laughs> Honesty in this town is just, it's a tough commodity, it's, right? It like, struck me. It struck this is me, why we do this, folks. It struck me as a fairly unremarkable thing to point this out. It's probably that why we have no sponsors either, right? I think we're we both too damn honest <laughs> for this Fresca, Fresca should sponsor. Fresca, sponsor us. Yes, I'm enjoying it. It's very refreshing. Right Anyway, so um, that's that. Can I tell you my Fresca story? Can I Real quick. It? Go ahead. So all these years and lived in this town, I've run this organization for 15, going on 16 years. I used to always look forward to going to Heritage Foundation meetings because invariably they always had Fresca. And I was just like, oh, this is great. I can go to, I'm going to be able to get a Fresca over at Heritage. And then one day I came back from a meeting at Heritage and I walked in the office and I'm like, I open up the refrigerator. I'm like, you know, I really love going to Heritage meetings because they have Fresca. And it never <laughs> occurred to me <laughs> that all I had to do was charge, tell man. my office manager to add Fresca to the repertoire. So now the American Energy Alliance has plenty of Fresca. <laughs> and that only took about 10 years to figure out. So probably need to <laughs> probably need to probably need to think about business school at some point yeah man <laughs> you're the boss right <laughs> first thing get you get you whatever you want uh so anyways fresca represents fresca reps if you're listening we're happy to we're happy to sponsor you hell we'll even say something nice about whatever it is you're lobbying on all right anything else for you uh, what quick on the yankees uh five, they're, they're leveling down to earth six, they no longer have the best record in the majors six and uh 14 in their last uh 20 games i think judge pulled it out of pulled it out of their butts last night against two, yeah, a, a you're very gonna, bad team and um you're not gonna win too many you're gonna win too many games like hit with two hits yeah against kansas city yeah. uh ben plus minus what are your thoughts he's a plus he's a 300 hitter he's the only 300 hitter we got so on the team what now. you think gallows days are numbered now oh please <laughs> Yeah. I would rather see Hicks go, to be honest with you, and then the bench gallo. That's because you don't but, like one and like the other. I don't care. So if you just look at them as baseball players, yeah, yeah, I understand. One of them is better than the other. And I right hear now. he's going to get vaccinated. I don't. I mean, who? Benintendi, I guess that. I, so he can play in Toronto. Uh, I, so. Who could possibly care less? It, the, 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 I know, but he didn't up till now. But now all of a sudden, I guess wearing the pinstripes. It, so it. It's a. It's a. It's a problem, right? They 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 they're in a bad they're in a bad jag in the last twenty games. They've just been in a bad jag, well, I mean, and they Chapman don't, is hopeless. Oh, forget it. So. They don't seem any, they don't seem like they're going to get out of it anytime yeah. soon. Which means, I think we're going to come down not like the wild card question, but but I could easily see one of these guys taking a run at us. Yeah, you know, get it down to like six seven games. You know, it'll 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 be that way. Well, let's see what happens. But right now, it's not looking great. The games are a lot less enjoyable to watch. Let's put it this way. It's, and let me reiterate: Aaron Judge will get ten million dollars, ten mil, ten years, and five hundred million dollars from a New York team. He's not. He's not. Gonna <laughs> sign. He's not going to sign with the with the with the uh, what you call it. Okay, so if he doesn't Mets. sign with the Yankees, where is he going? He's not going to sign with the Mets. Who's going to pay him ten and five besides Cohen? The Dodgers. Okay. Well, he's gonna join Mookie then, the I Dodgers, guess. Right? Yeah. I mean, you know, if you think about who's if you think about who's committed to winning and who's got the cash, the Dodgers. The facts that the fact that the Yankees didn't grab Soto means that they're probably gonna pay Judge. You know, there's some theory about that, but 
it could just mean they're cheap. Keep in mind the new Stein they are cheap. The new Stein Hal is an accountant. I don't get I don't get why people have trouble with this. By the way, the Yankees are just eleven games up now with with sixty two to play. Yeah. Um, I don't get why everybody doesn't get this. So I'll just go slowly around so everyone follows me. George Steinbrenner cared about winning. That's right. And didn't care about the money. That's right. The current generation, Hank, he cares about money and That's doesn't right. care about the winning. In other words, George was a fan and acted like a fan would. And Hal is a business guy. And he's a business guy, and he treats the fans as marks. Yeah. All these people sitting in the stands, all these That's New York right. Yankee fans sitting in the stands – you're suckers. You're like Cubs fans. We used to make fun of you because you tolerated. You know, we used to to make fun of Cubs fans and Red Sox fans because they tolerated mediocrity. They celebrated it. We we are getting to the point where you're celebrating mediocrity. If the Yankees cannot beat Houston in the playoffs this year, which they can't at the moment, yeah. If evidence is, uh, if passes two and five this season against then them. there ought to be. There ought to be. They're never going to fire Cashman. There ought to be a Cashman. It, I've, I've, I've figured out how, what's going on here. Cashman is the front guy for Steinbrenner. He's the one who can be blamed. He's the one who takes the heat. Nobody ever asks, what the hell are you buying yeah, here? Yeah, yep, good point. So good point. Cashman is an important part of management team. All right, in the spirit of uh... – Summer. Summer. We're gonna we're gonna wrap this up. Uh, any best and finals <laughs> a for little you, early. sir? Minute number fifty-five. Huh? Yeah, no, we'll, we'll get um, to edit. Any, uh, um, I'm just proud to be an American, living in the United States. Um, little little concerned about our little concerned about Congress the last couple of weeks. Oh, they yeah. seem to have gotten off the off the center line. Yeah, yeah. Which you know, I, I'll I'll agree with that. Okay, I'm gonna close out with the vice president. Haven't had a word salad in a little while, so I th- we'll, oh, we'll uh, hit, we impart some wisdom uh, upon go. you all. And ha- we'll, until next week, have a wonderful week. Signing off. Peace. Tom and Mike. And the act of the United States Supreme Court to take away a constitutional right that had been recognized from the people of America will impact a lot of people and differently in some situations. And we need to be responsive to these issues and also lift up the voices of all people who will be impacted in the way that they will be impacted. So that's why we are convened today. And um, I will add a couple of points in terms of the direct impact that we anticipate there will be from the Dobbs decision. So uh, basically, we will be impacted in the way that we will be impacted. <laughs> I, I don't want to be impacted at, at all. <laughs> Peace out, everybody. Namaste. Hey.